Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. Dark day for the world yeah. uh, with what is going on in Israel. Um, it is horrific. It is a an horrific terrorist attack where teenagers were raped, stabbed, murdered, women burned alive. And the um, number is the casualties. Now it's going over 900. Over yeah, it's pushed. It'll be a thousand, I'm sure, by the end of the day. It's, it's just horrific what has happened there. I know I, you know, it's it, words kind of escape me on this because it has just been so gripping and sad and saddening all weekend long. But and my God, something that that rightfully has captured the world's attention, um, and there have been a lot of people speaking out. On both sides of this, but um, really, understandably, because Israel was the victim of a terrorist attack, and so there were immediately a lot of celebrities that uh, went on their social media and posted their support for Israel. Uh, Kylie Jenner among them. And look, we're only bring, singling out Kylie because something strange happened when she put her post up. So we should say, she posted, obviously, after the initial horrific attack. Correct. So everybody knew the scope, well, they knew roughly the scope of what was going on, and a lot of people um, came forward to just express support for Israel, or at least to to rail against this kind of murderous terrorism. Right. And uh, so this is Kylie's post that she put on her, her Instagram story. Now and always, we stand with the people of Israel. Well, that wasn't up uh, for too long. It was up for an hour. Uh, and then it came down, and what, what uh, is very clear, while we don't know exactly why she took it down, we do know that there were a lot of people that posted uh, reactions to her post, uh, and they were attacking her, um, saying that, uh, you know, she, one, she backed down from her support for Israel, uh, and then there were people who were attacking her, saying that you know, you're friends with people who are Palestinian, and therefore you're, you know, sl you're slanted in your support. Of she got Israel. some criticism because that's, criticism. that's that's what the world is about these days. It's it's a divide. Well, well, we and, can just speak to Kylie specifically. So, to me, I'll be honest. Like the criticism is valid. Uh, it does kind of speak to what I consider maybe ignorance, but more importantly, a lack of conviction. Um, but the truth is, I don't really look to Kylie Jenner for virtue signaling on big issues like this anyway, you know what I mean? Um, but the whole, the, the missing key component here is the Hadid sisters, right? Like they're the, they're the connection, I think. They're good friends with Kylie Jenner, famously so. They're also Palestinian and they've been very vocal on supporting Palestine. They've been silent through this whole thing. And you know, maybe she took it down because of general backlash, but I, I suspect that maybe there was a Hadid connection. Maybe they hit her up and said, hey, take it down. Maybe she did. Um, in any case, it's a little strange that people are dogpiling her specifically because this post she put up is one that several different celebrities use. It's the exact same image, same wording, same everything. Yeah, but they kept it up. Exactly. And that's what's weird with Kylie is she probably should have just kept it up because she would have been in alignment with the rest of her Kardashian family. Chloe posted something. Chris posted something. And by the way, Chris Jenner's message on Instagram is very nuanced. If you go look at her message, she's saying two things can be true. We can both condemn the Hamas attack on Israel, killing innocent civilians, etc. But we can also be against some of the things that Israel as a nation has been doing to Palestine up to this point, right? This is a very complicated issue. But Chris Jenner's post, I, I encourage people to go read it. It's very nuanced. Kylie would have been wise to take a signal from her mom here. Yeah, and yeah, I, I gotta say, I mean, 
these, there are a couple of dozen idiots from Harvard who are now railing and saying essentially Israel had this coming and they deserved it. This is a well, terrorist attack. What do you, what, what do you mean? They literally people? said it. But what, uh, this a little bit, you say idiots from Harvard. These yeah. are Harvard students. 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 Several, several uh, student groups, several like dozens of student groups came together in Harvard. They put together this letter. It's going viral, et cetera. It's like a whole thing right now. And, and what they're saying is that, the, that, is, that Israel deserved to have 260 people murdered at a music festival and you know women burned alive in their homes because they were so infirmed that they couldn't be kidnapped and walk out. So again, however you fall on the issue on of Israel, Israel Palestine. versus Palestine, this is a terrorist, murderous, savage attack. And like Chris Jenner said, you can separate the two. Yeah. Not at Harvard, you can't, at least <laughs> with these students. Uh, it's just disgusting. Mish reviews out of Dallas, but Kali should not have reposted anything. You can repost anything really quick and think it's a quick thing, but I feel like with her, she didn't do her research or anything. It's a heavy situation. She didn't know what was going on. I don't know why she didn't lean toward her mother and ask her questions about it before she posted it. It's not like a new lipstick color that she thought was cute, and she wanted everybody to say, hey, check this out. This is a serious situation, and she should have took a moment before she reposted something as heavy as this. Well, ridiculous. but again, I mean, you can post it, <laughs> but stand, but stand up, if you post it, don't take it down because then it does, you're going to get twice as much flack for right. taking it down because now the people. You would think she's more sophisticated about social media than that, right? I mean, you, you know, know what's going to happen. I will say this, and I don't think this is true of most of the celebrities I saw posting yesterday, but I do often think that there's a rush by either celebrities or their social media teams to post something that is, that everyone is posting about. They have to get in on it, and they don't always know all what they're posting about. I, I, I agree with you, but it's this is not a hard one to say, hey, let's condemn terrorism. this kind of murderous terrorism. Yeah. I mean, that's not a hard one. No. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, to some police body cam video of Teresa Judice. Um, and you may think, wait, Teresa Judice didn't get arrested. She didn't. Uh, but she did get pulled over a few months ago in New Jersey. And uh, the police have released this body cam footage. And I, and I think the reason they released it is because of just a few words that Teresa says during the stop. The officer says that he saw her weaving um, and therefore he pulled, it over, pulled her over. So listen to the interaction and what Teresa offers when he asks for ID. And wait till you hear the explanation from her lawyer. Did you realize this on you? Yes. Yep. Well, you keep uh, drifting over to the uh, right side, I noticed. If you were going a little slow, you know, like Sorry. like 55, and then you were drifting over. Navigation on. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no worries. And then what state is this uh, temp tag? Pennsylvania? I just bought it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry to hear about that. Okay, give me one second, okay? Family business cards, too. Oh, okay, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. All right, ma'am, it's just going to be a warning, so just uh, make sure you don't try to stay in your lane, okay? No problem. No, no, all good. I, no. Know, I always, my father passed away, and I always drive like that. Well, that's a bad thing. Um, if you're always driving uh, like that. Yeah. But so the family, family business, business cards. Hmm. I don't think there's much uh, disputing of what you meant by that, right? <laughs> I, well, she was... you would think there isn't, Jason. 
But well, I mean, it seems pretty obviously it's a it's a reference to a, what a lot of people do, which is to somehow identify to the officer that she's a supporter or a or a child of a police officer, something along along those lines, in order to curry favor with the officer. So her lawyer um, came out with this statement, which we understood was to challenge what the uh, police were saying, I'm not so sure I don't they know succeeded in this. It's almost like he didn't see the video. She says those words, family business card. Well, check card. this, check this so out. So his response. Check this out. There is no family business card. Hmm. That is ridiculous. She said it. No such card exists or has ever existed. She said it. She was referring to a New Jersey State PBA card, Pol Police Benevolence Association, uh, that was given to her by an acquaintance who was a law enforcement officer and issued her the card. So. Essentially, the lawyer is saying, yeah, she tried to get out of the ticket. We just mixed up what the card was called. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're I saying. Mean, call it because whatever you want. When, you hand, that, card when you hand that police benevolent association card to the officer, everybody knows the game, which is I donate to the police fund. Cut me a break, officer. Right. That is the except, point. Except that the lawyer basically in the statement said, she didn't donate. She was given right. a card by she a didn't friend. Didn't donate. Well, at least according to the lawyer. Right. If, I, if he had said, "Look, she made a donation to the PBA and she has a card," but how did that statement <laughs> do anything for Teresa Judice? Hi, my name is Polly, and I'm from Argentina. I think Teresa is trying to take advantage of her privileges of being a celebrity, like many famous people with uh, bribes by trying to get out of trouble, which I think is pretty petty and awful. Um, and even though her lawyer claims, you know, denies his claims, what's he gonna do? He's gonna throw her under the bus? Yeah, he's not, and it should be clear, it's not a bribe. I, I, I get a, why it's not a bribe. people think of it that way, but it's it's not, and lots of people do it. But you know why they're doing it, again. Yes, and by what, the way, what, you can present the card, doesn't mean that you're gonna, depending on what you did. Real quick. They're not gonna let you real, out of Real it. quick, you're the lawyer, I'm the client. Right. Why would you release a statement like that? What's the point? Uh, look, Teresa, I'm just trying to change the narrative here. Instead of them talking about, you know, your, how you were driving, I want them to instead talk about, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what. Hold on, hold on, real quick, because we gotta go. How much is this costing me? <laughs> Big treat for us today. Um, yes. uh, Any time that you can speak to the former governor of California. One of the great actors of our time. Uh, and perhaps the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Oh, well, undisputed. Exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger is about to join us and we're gonna talk to him about some life tips that he has for everyone. And no matter what your work, whatever kind of work you do, what you, or what your goals are. I mean, he has a self-help book out and this is a man who literally came to the United States with 20 bucks and a backpack. And look what he did. Um, there are useful lessons seven that he offers. Seven tools. And I gotta tell you, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, he's, he's broken it down in a great way. So we're gonna talk to him about that. Uh, and and maybe get into some, some current events as well. So joining us right now, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Welcome to TMZ Live. Hey, Arnold. Hello, how are you doing, Javi? We're good, we are good. I'm so thrilled that you've joined us. I, uh, Arnold, I, I, we wanna talk about this book because I'm so interested in this. I, I'd like to just ask you one question, if it's okay, about Israel. Is that okay? Yes. So look, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but the one thing that I was wondering from your perspective, what does Israel do 
when Hamas has over 100 Israeli hostages and they are trying to figure out how strategically to retaliate and basically uh, eliminate these terrorists, what do they do when there are 100 plus hostages um, that are secreted all around the Gaza Strip? Well, Harvey, I'm not an expert in that, uh, to be honest with you, as it, but I can only tell you that I was horrified when I saw that this unprovoked and barbaric attacks on Israel, and my heart went out to the families there and to, to everyone in Israel, because it's always the worst situation uh, to, to be in. Um, and I think that, you know, I am 100% behind Israel and supporting Israel on this issue. And uh, I hope they can resolve this as quickly as possible. I think that this will be a combination of, of uh, more violence and also negotiation skills uh, that are needed here in order to resolve this. Okay, the book. Be useful. Seven tools for life. You kind of gave away one of them, right, by, with the headline, be useful. Um, but uh, these are really interesting, Arnold, because obviously you can see how these applied to your life. But your, your point is that it doesn't just apply to someone like you. It can apply to anyone in any walk of life. Well, that's correct. And I think that you guys probably uh, can relate to a lot of this uh, because, uh, you know, we all hear people always say, you know, I don't know which direction I'm going. I don't know what to do and all this stuff. So my first uh, rule is, you know, to have a vision, a very clear vision. You always have to know exactly where you're going because that's what motivates you. Have a very good, clear vision and go after it. And the other one is, is uh, working your ass off. I mean, there's nothing compared to working your butt off. You got to work, work, work. That there's 24 hours a day. The question is, how do you utilize these 24 hours? So I just want to let people know that they can do much better by utilizing those kind of tools that I put together, the seven tools for life. Uh, you know, I got to say, all seven of them totally resonate with me, and I believe would resonate with everybody because whatever you're doing, those principles apply. The one that really gets to me, Arnold, that I think is so true is that people are so afraid of failure that they can't succeed, that you have to embrace failure and you really get into that in the book. I think this is so critical to success. Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right. I think it's so important that we don't kind of like always worry about the failure and get scared of failure because failure is part of life. And the only way you know how far you can go with anything, including lifting weights, is if you're willing to fail. I mean, I have used as an example in there, how many times did I try to bench press 500 pounds and I failed in front of people in a powerlifting meet over and over again, and I failed again and I failed again. And then the 10th time I did it. And so this is the only way we can really grow. And I learned from those failures, how to train better and how to prepare myself better for the competition. We learn from those failures. Don't be afraid of failure. It's and, so true, man. Uh, it is really, it, I also love, by the way, the, the part about limitations, because what you said, Arnold, is so true that everybody, you can have a vision, but at some point people say to themselves, yeah, but I just can't get past this one thing. And you have a whole part about, uh, you know, identifying your limitations, but then pushing beyond that. You have to push beyond that. It's, it's always kind of like, you know, break new grounds. There's always, I remember Nelson Mandela always said that, uh, you know, everything is always impossible until someone does it. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, when someone said to me, he says, Arnold, 
this is impossible. No one has ever gone into show business and has become a leading man with an accent. And I said to myself, <laughs> okay, good. If you think this is my limitation, <clears throat> I will prove to you otherwise. And then sure enough, when they said my body was a limitation, my accent was a limitation, then with Conan the Barbarian, all of a sudden my body was very much required to have the musculature that I had in order to play that character. And when I did Terminator, uh, Jim Cameron said if Arnold wouldn't have had that uh, German accent and talked like a machine, I mean, we would have not been successful with that movie. That's what made it believable. So you have to kind of use those obstacles that everyone says is an obstacle, and they have to use those things do you advantage? And the, you know, and I gotta say, just the last thing, Arnold, is that you know, a lot of people think, okay, I found my lane, I'm successful in my lane, and I'll just stay in my lane. And I think one of the things you've done so spectacularly that I think applies to other people is that that lane is not the definition of your life. I mean, you've been in multiple lanes and you've tried new things. After you've succeeded in one, you've tried another. And it's really enriched, I, I mean, I know you, and it's really enriched your life and it's inspirational. Well, thank you. We always have to challenge ourselves because that's what makes life spicy. Look, we only have one life. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is the real thing. So we got to go after it and do as much as we can as possible. And at the same time, as we achieve those kind of goals and uh, climb those mountains, we have to also think about other people. How do we reach out and help other people? Because there's millions of people out there that need our help that are less fortunate than we are. And so this is another part of being successful is to not just personal success, but also to help others, make others more successful. And I think this is what this book being useful is all about, is to help other people become more successful. Oh, love it. Well, it is, uh, the book is available tomorrow. Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life. Arnold, you have uh, obviously inspired millions of people over your life. Um, to include it here, and honestly. Look at this, you see the facial hair on this guy? <laughs> He, he got that from you. He said he saw when you started growing it, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to do it too. That's not a lie. Yeah, but his, his is a little darker than mine. I don't know what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, I know what's going on, and I'm not telling you. Congratulations. But, uh, congratulations well, in the thank book. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. Thank you. Thank All you, right, Arnold. Thanks, Arnold. He is the best. He is so inspirational. And I look, I see him at the gym. He oh, inspires God. me. He I, inspires I, I, me. I just want him to one time say, please stop talking about being at the gym with me. It's like, you, you're the biggest name dropper. You're always like, you know, I was at the gym. No, everybody, everybody that. says that because he's, <laughs> he's inspirational. I love the guys. Ah, all you Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, uh, true believers. I don't know, I don't know. There's some questions this, after this weekend. <laughs> Because you can look at this both ways, man. You, yeah, you definitely can, and we're going to. Uh, but Travis Kelsey and his Kansas City Chiefs were playing on Sunday in Minnesota. Sons, and sons, sons, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. No, I can't even call her girlfriend now, or whatever they were. She wasn't there, um, which was big news. So so big that Jim poor Nance. Jim Nance. Jim Nance <laughs> has been a veteran sportscaster for decades. For decades. <laughs> And this is how he had to open the game. Gosh. In case you're wondering, seven words I thought would never leave my lips in my career. What are they? Taylor Swift is not at the game. That's a first for you. I've never said that before. There's some brokenhearted people I just saw in the stands. Yeah. She was questionable all week, but it looks like it's officially an act. <laughs> for today. I see what you did there. Yeah, I see yeah. what you did. And then what you hear is click. 
Yeah, Blair, that one's gone. Blair. That's those are Swifties walking out behind that woman with the with the sign. By the way, the announcers had so much fun with all the Taylor Swift puns. Like at one point, they said that uh, Travis swiftly walked onto the field, so they were just going at it. But yeah, she did not show up, and I don't know. This is kind of not looking good for their relationship because she also didn't spend his birthday with him, which was the Thursday before. So I don't well, know. Are they still he would have been busy. I will I, say, I will say. I, I, but I will say. There's one other thing that happened, and the more I thought about it over the weekend, the more I thought, hmm. When Donna, Kelsey, uh, Donna. Travis's mom, basically said, when she was asked, what's it like being around her, around Taylor, she said, it was okay. That's kind of, a, that, that's kind of a Heisman move. She's kind of saying, uh, just a little well, distance. What I'm, separating what I'm thinking is, and no idea, hmm. I have absolutely no idea about this. I do know they were together for a couple of months at least, but now I'm starting to think, I wonder if they're not together anymore and she just wanted to kind of like, yeah, like you said, do a Heisman move. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Donna's doing a little distancing. So Taylor now people the distancing this weekend. So, so now, now people are saying, was she good luck? Was she bad luck? Fact is, the Chiefs won, but Travis got hurt. Right. But then but, after he got he hurt, scored, he's got it. He touchdown. came back in and he scored. So so basically this it depends means, on what quarter you're watching, whether she's good luck or bad luck. This means nothing is what it means. <laughs> Nothing. I was panicking when I saw that happen. And I was blaming Taylor Swift because he's on my fantasy football team. <laughs> Anthony, a.k.a. Rari here out of Miami, Florida. And honestly, I give people the benefit of the doubt. That's just something I do. And I don't think necessarily that just because one game is missed, that's a red flag. <laughs> ah, see there? That was good. That was um, good. Their next game, if you're wondering, is Thursday. They're playing Thursday night. And they're at home, so... Maybe Taylor will be there. We will see. Uh, good barbecue there, by the way. On Kansas City? Oh, yeah. Are you uh, oh, God, yes. I, no, I was being, that's, oh, I was okay. being sarcastic. No, of no. course, Kansas City is known for its barbecue. It's super. Uh, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, moving on to uh, Britney Spears, who I think is just trolling us I do, now. too. I do, too. It's either that or she's, she's really, trolling. really nah, no, in no, trouble. She's trolling. Because she posted some videos, dance videos, like she always does, but this time... She wanted to make sure everyone saw the bandage on her finger, or at least she's making it seem like it's a bandage. I don't know what's going on here, but she knows that she got a lot of attention, good and bad, support from some of her fans and others saying, you're in trouble, <laughs> when she was dancing with knives, and she posted several of those videos, and there were people who debated whether the knives are real. This seems like she's just playing into that now. I agree. Right? That she wants the attention, um, I don't know. And, and by the way, if that's what she's doing, that's kind of a problem also, right? Why do you need that kind of attention? And she's not hiding it. Like you said, she kind of point. she holds it up to the camera like, hey, look at this, look at this bandage. I want to start another news cycle or something. I mean, I kind of look too, because remember after the knife incident, we saw she had a cut on her leg too. That doesn't appear to be there anymore. I don't know. Maybe she covered it with makeup or it's healed or what, or she's just kind of thinking, okay, I got to get the attention back. Maybe she craves it. I think that's exactly what this is, that she just, she knows that people are talking about her with the knives, and so she's just... Got to make some reference th back this, to the This knives. finger thing was fake. Um, and now I, I agree. I'm thinking that the leg and the, the bandage in the arm, I think it was all, all fake for attention. Yep. That's my opinion. Uh, we're taking a break. All right, when we come back, Doja Cat gets herself into some hot water thanks to little fashion. Just a t-shirt she wore, but a t-shirt with a very controversial person who was holding a semi-automatic rifle. That's who was on her chest. Why? Well, we'll get into that.
Welcome back to TMZ Live, and Doja Cat is, has a lot of people scratching their heads uh, because once again, it appears that she is embracing something that is, um, some people feel uh, very far right. Um, there are some hints of neo-Nazism or allegations of it. Um, and so they just can't figure out why she went out this weekend wearing a shirt with this guy on it. Um, and she is very knowingly wearing the shirt and sort of you saw this rise. Yeah, you don't mistakenly you don't mistakenly put that shirt on. Yes, the guy's name is Sam Hyde. He is uh, primarily a comedian, um, but he has been embraced by the far right, and that image of him holding uh, a semi-automatic rifle has been used as a meme at times online, where some people on the far right have claimed that Sam Hyde was the person responsible for uh, different um, mass shooting events. So like right after there's a mass shooting, people will post this guy and go like, oh, here's the guy who's responsible for it. It's just an odd thing for her to be <laughs> wearing out in public. Yeah, Charles, I mean, you go back obviously to 2020, there, there's been stuff like this with Doja Cat in the past. As far as this photo that did go up on Instagram on Friday, she ultimately took it down after there was this widespread outrage from so many of her fans. And then she ultimately cropped Sam out of uh, the photograph so you couldn't see his face on the shirt anymore and reposted it. Obviously, her fans know what, what's on the shirt. And it's yeah, and even, uh, even her, questioning her beliefs again. I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I don't I, I'm confused. It. Help even me her out. taking down the post doesn't matter because she's you know, worn it. And right. Everyone knows that she was wearing the shirt. I, I'm confused. What's, Why? what's her end game? I don't quite understand this. I, I have no idea. I've been racking my brain trying to figure this out. I wasn't familiar with Sam before this, so I, I'm not familiar with all his beliefs. But, I mean, anti-Semitic, you've heard. I mean, you've heard so many bad things talked about with this guy. I don't understand why she would support a person like this. Hey, it's Toria in Detroit. And Doja, we love you so much, but we are so tired of the shenanigans. Like, you, she's so talented. We don't need all of that for her to sell an album. We just want some good music and not have to go and either defend her, which we're not, hopefully, or whatever we need to do. Just We just want some good music from Doja Cat. This was very off-putting from her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know why? At some point, I don't know when it changed that just, just making your music isn't enough. Right. Right. There's got to be a whole bunch of other things that come along with it. Okay, we are going to move on. Yes, uh, to um, something really gripping that is happening in Israel right now. Um, the airport in Tel Aviv has been basically shut down. All the flights have been canceled. And there are uh, certainly there are, hundreds. There are, and there may be thousands of people, many Americans, who are stranded there. And as you know, there have been missile attacks um, that have are coming perilously close. A lot of this has been in southern Israel, but even though Tel Aviv is in the northern part. But now there's there's military activity that's right. in the north uh, that's right. today. So joining us right now is an American citizen who is there in the airport in Tel Aviv. Her uh, name is Daniela, and she is joining us right now. Daniela, thank you so much for doing this. Of course, it's my pleasure. Are you are you at Ben-Gurion right now? I am not at Ben-Gurion. Um, I am now in a hotel in Jerusalem with my three young kids. Um, we are stranded here in Israel. We have been trying to get out, but all of the American airlines are, have canceled all of their flights. Um, there are tons of Americans here for the holidays, um, and they're all stranded in the same situation. There are not many airline carriers because everyone has canceled their flights. 
Um, the embassy is closed today. There's nobody to help us. The children are scared and we need flights to open up. Once you were in the airport and they canceled all these flights, I kind of, you kind of get why the airlines have canceled the flights just out of danger. Well, you're seeing but, thousands of missiles. Right. Um, what is their, the prospects for you? Did they say, did they give you a day that perhaps they'd be able to, or you just on your own? I mean, we're kind of on our own. On our own, we're trying to figure out a way to just get out of Israel. So I'm from Los Angeles, so it's taking a lot of different, um, you know, can we get to Istanbul? Can we get to um, different places in Europe? But there really aren't much options. And every single time we book a flight, it ends up getting canceled. Um, and again, you're like you said, there are missiles overhead, and I'm having to take my children, my nine-year-old, six-year-old, and my two-year-old into bomb shelters and they're terrified and they're asking me what's going on and um, asking me how we're going to get home and when they're going to be safe. And I don't really have an answer for them. And it's funny because I'm actually a therapist. So this is something that I should have an answer to, but I'm at a loss for words because, you know, my safety and my children's safety is out of my control. And the American embassy doesn't seem to be helping us and they're closed today for some reason. So uh, I, I'm just processing how you deal with your children in a situation like this. And I, I get you don't have answers. Um, as a therapist, do you level with kids that young and just say, look, we are in some trouble here and we're going to, how do you explain to them? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the weeds of it, really. So I tell them that they're safe with me. They're safe in the hotel. They're safe in the bomb shelter and that I'm going to do everything that I can to keep them safe. But I can't make them promises um, that aren't true, that aren't 100 percent true. I have to be real with them. It is dangerous. We're hearing sirens. We're hearing rockets. People are running to for shelter. So it's it's really a difficult situation. And I'm not the only one. There are many more Americans than you can even imagine that are stranded here um, in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv as well. Oh. well look, we well, wish you the best and, and hope safely. That, um, that air flight resumes. But man, it is just horrific what you're going through and what everybody there is going through. Thank you so much, Daniela, for the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Whew. When you have three kids like that. Wow. Right. To have three young kids. When you see the images uh, coming out of Israel and Gaza and you think about the people who are just pulled away from loved ones, from family members, and are now being held hostage. And really, we kind of touched on this earlier. That, Arnold. That they become human shields in a way, and that's what Hamas has apparently done in, you know, stashing them around different places in Gaza. Hey, this was all planned. And you wonder what what can be done now? What does how does Israel deal with this? How do they get those get their, their citizens back uh, who've been taken hostage? It is um, a heartbreaking situation and a crisis, obviously. Uh, someone who has experience uh, in this, in the international uh, realm, is Scott Walker. He is a former UN senior advisor. He's also um, a hostage negotiator. In fact, has written a book that came out this year. It's called Order Out of Chaos, A Kidnap Negotiator's Guide to Influence and Persuasion. So joining us right now is Scott to talk about how in the world Israel 
moves forward uh, after this weekend. Scott, welcome to TMZ Live. Hi, Scott. Hi, good to see you both. It looks like Hamas has kidnapped upwards of 100 Israelis. Um, and pretty clearly, um, they are in areas where there are missiles, possibly in tunnels, uh, around the Hamas terrorists. What does Israel do? They have made it clear they're at war. They have made it clear they are going to exact revenge. But how do they do this in a strategic enough way to protect the hostages? Or is that just simply out of the question at this point? From a hostage negotiation perspective, this is probably the most difficult of all scenarios. When, as we've seen today, Israel is laying siege to Gaza uh, an incursion, a full-out incursion after the siege is probably inevitable now. And at the same time, you need to be able to negotiate and get your citizens out. And so on the one hand, Israel is looking to defend itself and seek some kind of retaliation for this. And I think what's also happening is it's utilizing third-party mediators, such as the Qataris, for example, to help them out with this. But how do you do both at the same time? If you're retaliating, if you're bombing, it seems remote that, that they're, they're going to, to talk to you about releasing hostages. Well, this is the issue, isn't it? Is that on one hand, the Israelis just don't want to sit by and allow this to peter out and enter and enter some kind of long weeks, months or years negotiation to get their citizens back. And so at the same time, they need to protect themselves. Um, and as I said, utilize what they can to open up these channels, to use these third parties, to build that trust and somehow get their citizens back. And at the same time, there might also be options for some sort of prisoner exchange, which we've seen before in the past in the region. What would they offer, Scott? Is it is part of this? Do they connect the military action with possibly releasing prisoners or... Do they keep the military action, as you said, which is to keep them safe? Do they keep that separate from the issue of the hostages? I think it's fair to say they want to keep all options on the table here. They'll want to, as we've seen today, you know, the laying siege to the area with a possible incursion into Gaza as well. And that's a pretty high risk strategy, and it's ultimately going to end in more loss of life. It seems almost impossible. Yeah, it, it, impossible it, 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 no matter it, what they do. It does. And, and you have a situation now where it sure looks like Israel has had it with the Gaza Strip and that maybe that negotiation back in early 2000s uh, wasn't a great idea because Hamas took over within a year. So it looks like they're going to try and retake the Gaza Strip. Is that the way it looks to you? Possibly. Um, it, it's certainly not looking um, like a peaceful situ a peaceful scenario is on the cards anytime soon. And I think we've also seen where up in the north of the country where Hezbollah and uh, others are also starting to make some maneuvers as well. So it's a really tricky scenario for Israel and they've just got to try whatever options they can to defend themselves and get their people back at this stage. You, yeah. you have UN experience. Um, I, I'm really interested to know, how would you deal with Iran at this point? Because everything I've been reading and seeing this weekend uh, tells me that Iran is somehow behind this attack. Um, 
we have got $6 billion that has not gone to them yet, um, that is supposed to go to them. We have tried uh, negotiating with them. We've tried peace treaties with them. Given what's going on, I'm, I'm really interested to know how would you deal with Iranian relations now? Well, that is literally the $6 billion question, isn't it, really? I mean, this, is, this part of the world has been a tinderbox for not just decades, but ostensibly for thousands of years. And I don't think it's necessarily a one-size-fits-all. And I don't have the, the magic formula to resolve the Middle East peace process or the, or the challenges there. But what I do know is, is that from a negotiation perspective, the one thing, the thread that runs through all successful negotiations is trust. And it's the one thing that seems to be missing on all sides right now. Okay, Scott, right. we really Thank appreciate you. the time. Thank you. It's so bleak. Yeah, it's, it's so bleak. Um, there is no way to paint a picture here that looks like there's a solution. Yeah. All right, this might be the best ever parents weekend at any university. Um, Wow, that's a big statement. It's a big statement, and especially uh, I'm not the biggest fan of USC anyway. But uh, but Will Farrell uh, was there at USC this weekend. He has and a kid. Just he has a kid who's going there. Right. Um, but instead of just you know showing up at some function and glad handing, uh, Will got involved, <laughs> took over DJing at least briefly that is at a frat party on campus. <laughs> Do you realize? That? I don't know how. Listen, if you want a like a recruitment video for this, for this for the uh, fraternity, oh, like look at our parties. I mean, the video is obviously awesome, and I mean, any college kid would love to see you know Will Ferrell anywhere, let alone at a frat party. But I of the Tiger is a little bit of a dated tune for a frat. <laughs> party. They don't seem to mind. <laughs> that is funny. Devin, that's hysterical. It's true, though. And he's showing his age. I mean, he's always involved with SC, doing, you know, speeches and stuff. But this was at least something new and kind of fun. Boy, that his kid has a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of cred now in that fraternity. It's got to help a lot. Or, or does the kid go like, Dad, please, you're embarrassing me. No, no, no. Most I, kids. Yeah, but I think this is this is a little bit different. <laughs> Well, ASAP Rocky turned 35 this weekend, and Rihanna made sure to have a big celebration for him. What do you think ASAP Rocky wanted for his birthday? Gosh, uh, go-karting. How did you know that? I don't know. I just was weird. It's almost like weird. you knew the video. Wild control. guess, huh? But yes, they, uh, they did some go-karting in Jersey City, um, and of course, there was also some dancing. I think this was the real, the real gift for him, right? Oh, look how in love they are. She didn't perform, but she did, uh, yeah, they're definitely in love. Look, got, they got a new kid. Where's the go-kart? Yeah, I guess they didn't, they didn't post it. I think this was after video. the go-karting. Yeah. They, uh, God. That's some fancy setup there. Is like. Rihanna around the same age? I believe so, yeah. God, you know, it's so weird, because she's been around for so long that when you hear that, like, somebody's in their mid-30s, and you followed them for 20 years, mm -hmm. it's just a hard time computing. <laughs> Except what happens when they start young. I know. And they just they grow up. They start young and they grow up so fast. And we get older. Okay, we will see you tomorrow, folks.